listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Hi, welcome to a new episode. Recording this on a Sunday afternoon, five days away from the official restart of the NBA. Of course, we've got the scrimmages going on right now. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us pretty much anywhere you get your fix. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com. All your Lakers needs. Harrison, one of the the guys who's on with me today, Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the whole crew will have you covered throughout the rest of the NBA season. Harrison, what is going on, my man? And uh, why didn't you end up going to Magic City with uh, with Lou Williams? I heard that you were you were a part of the entourage, but you decided better and to, and to stay back in LA. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to respect social distancing as close as, you know, Lou Will and I were. Just once I got that invite, I was just like, you know, like, I really think that, like, this is regardless of if we're just picking up food or whatever. Like, I under, like the wings are really good, obviously, but, like, I, I just, it, it's about the appearances. So, like, I, I'm glad that I didn't end up in the background of that Instagram shot. Like, Jack Harlow, I think, is now, in all seriousness, like, you know, I think Jack Harlow is in the snitch, is in like the snitch hall of fame now, right? Like yeah. uh, with like Takashi Six Nine and like and uh, D'Angelo Russell and like all those guys. Like the snitch Mount Rushmore now has Jack Harlow in it <laughs> for like he literally like Lou had the mask on. He, yeah. That could have plausibly been any. Like it's a blurry photo. It's dark. Like he could have gotten away with it if Jack Harlow did not at him in the Instagram post thinking that that was like a good idea and post it. And then, you know, I respect the trying to bail him out by saying that was an old photo and I just miss him while Lou had the NBA issue mask, like a bubble only mask on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, why would you, yeah. Why would you put that up? And let's be honest, even the Lou Williams thing, it's like, dude, you got permission to go. Why would you have to go of all places to a strip club? You know what? It's like, even if you just went in there to just get food, like you, like he says he did, like, it's just, like like the nba is trying to make this not look like as frivolous of like a money grab as it like on some level is like i understand the argument like they have to make money so they can keep people employed like it's not just about the billionaires and millionaires even if it is a little bit like you know there are genuine arguments that like that you know just like any other industry they should be trying to get back to work it's just hard i think from a perception perspective to make that argument when you're also testing a player because they went to a gentleman's establishment yeah, 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 that is, yeah, that, and I think that I'm looking at this as, I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that they haven't had more issues, because I, and I, I would imagine that, I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to be stuck in Orlando, and, and you've seen some of the complaints, and you've seen, you know, online from the players about the food, and the rooms, and all that stuff, and, and like you were saying, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a money grab, and all this, but come on, Lou Williams, man, like, come on, you know what I mean, like, what, what, you're, you're risking going there, then you're going to risk going back, and infecting other people, and you're right, you know what, if Jack Harlow didn't put that up, and, you know, he didn't get kind of snitched out that way. And, and people didn't know. What if Lou Williams did catch it? And he went yeah. back into Orlando and didn't tell anyone. So And only good did, like, because originally he would have just had the two-day quarantine that people yeah. do for, like, excused absences, like, where they go in and they take the two tests or, like, four-day quarantine or something like that. Like, there's a chance with the latency period that he could have, you know, cleared those. Like, like it's not a big chance, but there's a, little, there's a small chance that he could have popped the bubble, yeah. like, with this. And so, again, like, I, I think that the NBA should definitely, like, give Jack Harlow like a NBA all-star game spot or something, you know, (laughs) next year, just to like thank him for bailing them out on, uh, on this one. Yeah, it could have, and it could have been a disaster, man. I mean, you think about that. He plays in a scrimmage game or he does that and he's breathing around and he hasn't, he's asymptomatic. That thing would have spread like wildfire. So maybe it's a good thing that Jack Harlow turned into be a snitch. Uh, Let's talk about, let's talk about the first few games uh, that we've seen. The Lakers ended up being uh, beating Orlando in their latest scrimmage, 119, 112. Uh, We'll get into the Lakers a little bit more. 
uh, as we go forward. But what are your thoughts on the on on what you're seeing so far in terms of the the games, the the quality, the TV, uh, the broadcast experience? What do you think about all that? Yeah, so I I think I mean given that this is a Lakers podcast, I'll talk about them first. Like I, I think like I, I am encouraged by a lot of what we've seen from this team. I think it looks like they really have not skipped very much of a beat. And then like in terms, I, I know we'll get into the specifics of that as we go. But like in terms of the broadcast experience, I think it's been mixed. Like I think the this is one of the few times in our lives I think that like we've gotten to watch broadcasters like figure out what the best way to broadcast something is like it's pretty rare because like all of these norms have been established for so long and like I'm actually excited that I think it might lead to some innovation like when people figure out like some new interesting ways to frame things new camera angles maybe new ways to do these interviews like stuff like like I think it could end up being a good thing right now it has been pretty rough I will say like the Clippers, I don't know if you watched the first game of the bubble, but like the Clippers announcer was doing a simulcast for radio and like he was talking like this the whole time and like telling every, like trying to get every single anecdote that he had in his book out. And like, I respect that that is a hard job to do the simulcast. Not everyone is Chick Hearn, but like, you know, it was not a great watch. And then the last couple games, in an effort like the first game I actually thought was like not bad from Spectrum in terms of the Lakers like yeah I, I thought the fake crowd noise actually sounded like pretty natural for the most part like mm-hmm. like when I stopped paying attention to it I really it was not intrusive like it sounded pretty normal and like you know I understand that they have to figure out a way to mask what the guys are saying on the court or they feel like they need to because you know LeBron does not like it re- reporters are already like tweeting line by line his trash talk and like he doesn't necessarily want all the audience at home that's not on Twitter getting that stuff like I get it and other players I'm sure don't either but uh these court mics are not it like that is not the way to go it sounds like somebody is tap dancing on my roof as I'm watching the game (laughs) like it's like have you noticed it it's like it's bad like I I understand they're if this is one of the new things they're trying but yeah, the court might might suck, and like those need to go. In my yeah, opinion. I'm I'm with you on that because I'm I, I'm I haven't enjoyed watching the games. Like I was watching the Lakers game, and I'm like, oh, it's it's great to have sports back on. I, obviously, it's something we have to adjust to. And I was thinking that as well. I go, you know what? By the time Thursday rolls around, and you got the Lakers Clippers game, like the first official game of the of the restart. I think they'll tweak the broadcast. I think they'll do something different with it because they have to. And it's just not it's not a pleasant viewing experience. I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. I find it weird that players are socially distancing on the bench, but yet they're on the court playing against each other. And every time out, they're right next. What is the point of that? I, I don't. I think, see, I think that that is like, number one, like on some level, you can make the argument that like it does, it does limit the exposure just a little bit more. You know, yeah. if they're wearing masks on the bench and they're set, or some of actually a lot of them are not wearing masks on the bench, but the coaches are. Um, yeah. And like, if they're a little bit more separated, like it does somewhat limit like how much, how long they're close together like we know that like the amount of time you're close to someone who's potentially infected matters like all that stuff they are they were never going to play basketball in mass it's just not feasible like um and like I think that the other thing too I think that I I get the sense like the NBA wants to set a good example here and so I think that they're just trying to normalize social distancing like it is a little weird just because you know like like you said like they're all going close to each other in the timeouts they're all close together in the weight room they're close together on the court obviously but like I just think like when you know it normalizes it a little bit for people like it's just another reminder that like hey like these are weird times we all got to stay a little bit further apart when we're hanging out with people and whatever like you know I I have no problem with that to be honest and like I've actually enjoyed the like almost like having like a player box where they're like almost watching the game and like it kind of looks like they have their own little private suite 
like yeah. courtside. And it's, I don't know, it just seems like they have more room to jump around and react. Like I, I've actually enjoyed that aspect of it. Okay, yeah, no, it's fun though with it. It reminds me of playing in like a pickup game at the Y almost. Yeah. I mean? like you're just playing and you got people there cheering you on. But I, I just find the, the, the experience. Like LeBron, like if we were, like if they were playing a regular NBA game, like LeBron would not have room to like sprint around in circles and dance when Taylor Horton Tucker scores his first bucket. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I just think, I just think that that stuff is actually, it's given them more room to kind of be themselves and like go crazy and react and act like fans while they're on the bench. I, I actually, like, I'm, I, I got to disagree with you on that specific part of the broadcast. That has not bothered me. I've actually thought that it's made it better. And like, I actually kind of hope that the NBA just does that moving forward. They probably won't be because those seats down there are expensive, but yeah. um, we like, never, I, we'll never get to afford to, to sit in those seats, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm just finding it from like, uh, and I, I find it very awkward even watching, like, I mean, I'm not a big soccer fan. I'll watch the World Cup, but when the, when the Premier League uh, came back and they came back before, and even baseball, like just seeing it without fans, you're like, whoa, this is weird. You know what I mean? Like, this does not feel normal at all. But I guess as we get more used to this over the next coming weeks, then you're just like, all right, this is what we're, what we're dealing with. Uh, let's jump into... The Lakers, specifically, uh, as I mentioned, they beat the Magic 119-112. Kyle Kuzma looks great. And I, and I was actually going to talk about that with you. I'm like, you can probably see the difference between the guys that you know were putting in work during the quarantine and guys who were kind of just taking advantage of being lazy and, and maybe sitting around. But um, who else has kind of stood out to you a lot on the Lakers so far, just based off the two, um, the two scrimmage games that we've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you completely on Kuz. Like, I, I think, you know, we, we did the thing that we all promised that we weren't going to do, which was overreact to the first scrimmage. And then he ended up, like, looking pretty good. So, like, hopefully the truth, like, I don't expect him to play like he did against the Magic in every single game in the restart. Like, nobody, like, it, that's probably just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But he did play really well, and he continued to look like he's adjusting a little bit to kind of uh, that auxiliary role. Like, he's developed some, like, on-ball skills, and, like, he, he just looks more smooth and comfortable like gliding around right now and so you know hopefully that's something that continues moving forward because I think that that would be a really fun storyline like as, as and that would be great for the Lakers if it went on as the playoffs went on uh, like I think in terms of other guys that have stuck out like you know the obvious the obvious one is Dion Waiters you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. like I just think like the Lakers just they did not have that like this is not an original take a lot of people have noticed it but they just did not have a guy like this going into the like they they lost Rondo who for all of his flaws he was at least a reliable ball handler that could get the ball down the floor like Dion is that and he's not like he certainly doesn't have the playmaking reputation that Rondo does or the instincts that Rondo does even though you know sometimes those instincts as we've seen can go a little wrong um but Dion though like they just did not have that guy that could just go get a shot or go get a bucket and like he's just it's just added this like infusion of fun. I think the players like enjoy having it like watching him from the bench. I think he gives the team energy with like how like how hard he's going in there and playing and like how clear like like all that stuff. And you know, they just didn't have that dynamic where they had someone besides LeBron who could like when he was on the bench just go get their own shot. Like they've tried it with Kuz, like that that's just not really his game, even though he can he can get shots off. It's just not like as reliable. I don't think as like Dion is in that specific skill. And like, I've just really enjoyed overall the experience of just watching like a chucker again, you know, like yeah, it's yeah. fun to have a guy like that, that just goes and takes the insane shots that we would all go take in like 2k. And you know, like, 
is he going to be the most efficient player during the restart? Probably not, but it's a lot better. It's better than a turnover. It's getting you chances at offensive rebounds with the Lakers massive front court. Like, you know, there are benefits to like, De- like Dion bring the ball down the floor is a lot better than Quinn Cook bring the ball down the floor. It just is like, it's better than Caruso bringing the ball down the floor. Like he just, he has that kind of oomph to his game. And uh, like, I've really, really enjoyed the uh, Philly cheese or bubble cheese or whatever you want to call him uh, experience during the restart. I'm like, I have fully, like, I've packed up my belongings and I'm ready to move to Waiters Island. Waiters Island. Well, you know what? And you're right, because it, it's funny. Before, like, before the shutdown and back in March and watching the Lakers play, I, w- I would say that a lot, even on the podcast. I'm like, they, they need something off the bench. They, they have to. And I remember, because I was covering the Lakers-Clippers game, and uh, Dion was getting up shots beforehand. So that was, you know, just before he was going to kind of probably jump into practicing full-time and, and, and getting his legs ready. And the Lakers, yeah, you're right. They were missing that dynamic. And as soon as LeBron went off the floor and, and with Kuz, Kuz is much better on the offensive end when he's running around, cutting, uh, getting some backdoor looks or catching and shooting. He's not a guy you want to, hey, okay, hey, take the ball on top of the key. You know, there's 12 on the shot clock. Do your thing and do it. Yeah, that's he's, where you're right he's with, like with a waiter. secondary ball handler. He's like yeah. a guy that you give the ball. Like, he, he'll dribble. Like, he has, his handle's okay. Like, he, he can get to the basket, like, off of a compromised defense. He's just not going to be a guy like Waiters that can go break his man down consistently. Yeah, and that's, and that's where you're right. And that's where, I mean, I, that's what I'd love to see from Dion Waiters the last couple of scrimmages is, okay, he's bringing this dynamic to this team where maybe with, if, you know, if, even with Rondo and all this, maybe he wouldn't have had this opportunity. So it's kind of a good thing. I think that Rondo, I don't want to say it's a good thing he's hurt, but maybe it's a good thing in terms of we're going to get to see what Dion Waiters can bring. Uh, I figured out the political way to say it. It's, it's possible addition by subtraction. That's yes, a, it's benign. That's a it's, uh, you know, it's respectful. <laughs> it's uh, like, it, you know, it doesn't sound like as much of a burn as it actually possibly is. Yeah, and we all know. I mean, especially with Anthony, right? We're going to talk about uh, Rajon Rondo. But, yeah, that's a, different, that's a whole different topic for another day. Yeah. I think we're getting to see Dion Waiters, like you mentioned, uh, bring that dynamic where, okay, you know what, LeBron, you, you can afford to take a four or five, six minute rest and you'll still be, you know, the team will still be able to produce. Cause like you mentioned, and there's going to be some games where waiters are going to go two for 10. Absolutely. And he's going to shoot them. them out sometimes. It, yeah. Like it's going to, or he'll at least shoot the bench unit out sometimes. There will be games where it happens. Yeah. But you are right. They didn't have that dynamic coming off the bench. And, and like, as much as we all love Alex Caruso, it's like, okay, yeah, dude, that's not his game. He's not the offensive creator. You don't want him bringing the ball up. Uh, Quinn Cook has been honestly to me terrible all season. I don't think he really brings much. He's so. been okay in the restart games. You gotta, you, like, I heard you bashing him last week on the podcast. Like, you gotta put some respect on Quinn Cook's name. Number one, he is like the nicest player in the NBA. Uh, and number There's two, no, I'm, not, like, I'm not talking about him as a person. Of course, no, I mean, nice no, you just, I think you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I think you just impugned his integrity a little <laughs> bit. And um, like, number one, so, but that's obviously not the most important thing on the court. But like, his shot has looked good. Like, you know, he's, he's looked like he is someone that could play in lineups around LeBron. Like that, I mean, that's probably the extent of it. I don't think that he can play backup point guard in any capacity. You know, we've seen that like over and over again this season. We've seen it during the scrimmages. But I do think that he's a guy that if you need, like if the Lakers are down and they need to go on a run, they need some shooting on the floor around LeBron. I do think that he is a guy that you can go to and he's shown that he can step up in those big moments. So what I'm saying is you need to stop disrespecting my guy, Quinn Cook, (laughs) and uh, like and respect that he is a limited but useful player. You know what? I will not respect that until I see it done during a game that actually counts. So you know what? He's got. He's got. He's, if he does it on Thursday, he does it in the restart with the eight games officially going. Then I'll give. He it did it in the finals last year. That was with a t- totally different team. He hasn't. So done it doesn't anything. count anymore. Come no, on. It doesn't. It does not count. I was actually. I was bullish on Quinn Cook when they signed him, 
and I was like, okay, that could be a good good addition. He didn't show me anything during the regular season, honestly. And that, that no, I think I think that's totally fair. He's yeah. had like two good games during the regular season, and the rest of his time, he was either totally forgettable or just bad. And like that, I think that's totally fair to point out. I just wanted to point out that during the scrimmages, he's looked like a guy that could have some utility at times for this team. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about this next time on the podcast after the restart actually goes down. We'll yeah, see- we're, we're going to do a whole podcast next week, just Jazz and I screaming at each other <laughs> over Quinn Cook. Like, the Lakers are really back when that happens. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's when you know NBA ba- basketball is officially back. Uh, obviously, want to jump into a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, another guy we were talking about, we were talking about Quinn Cook and, uh, and Deion Waiters before the break, but J.R. Smith, uh, what have you made of him so far? He had a pretty ugly outing against Orlando. Uh, one of five from the field, six points. He did play 20 minutes, uh, did hit a bunch of his free throws, and, and had a few rebounds and, and an assist in there as well. But what do you make of his fit so far, and what have you seen from him? You know, he looks okay. I, I think that he was a little bit set up to fail yesterday. And, like, I, I don't say that to, like, you know, it's scrimmage. Like, you're experimenting with things. I'm not, like, this is not me criticizing Vogel. Like, I think that he need. it looked like he threw JR and Caruso out there to just see, like, okay, if Caruso is the primary ball handler with a little bit of help from JR, like, what does that look like? And I think that what we saw was that it doesn't look good. And yeah. like, but that's important to get that answer before the games start to really count in the playoffs and stuff like that. And like Jr. also like, you know, he's had, he had a couple moments in the first scrimmage. Like he looks okay. He just also looks like a guy that has not played meaningful NBA basketball in two years, which he hasn't. So I think that's fair. And uh, like, you know, it remains to be seen how well he fits. Like so far he's saying all the right things. I think his defense has been okay in the moments that he's been out there. Like Frank Vogel was praising him after the game the other day for that. Um, you know, like, again, like, not as strong of a debut as Dion, obviously, but I think that you can see, like, he's a guy that I think is going to be, like, more of a break glass in case of emergency type of guy, like, at least initially, you know, like, I just don't see him playing significant, I think right now they're trying to help him get into shape, uh, you know, and, like, get up to NBA level so that he's ready for those playoff minutes if he gets them, but I don't see him as of right now as a guy that like going into the postseason is going to be a big part of the rotation other than as like a spot guy or throwing him in there for a different look. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask you too, is, is when you're looking at the rotation, I mean, yesterday uh, against Orlando in the, in the, in the scrimmage, they started off JaVale McGee at the center, uh, Danny Green, LeBron, AD, obviously, and then KCP uh, got the start as, a, as the fifth one. And then you're going to have Kuzma Caruso looks like Dion Waiters is playing himself absolutely into the top eight and, and Dwight Howard probably rounding out the nine, but, is there anybody else you look at on that on the roster, Marquise Morris? I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen with him in terms of what shape he's in and if he's going to be ready. But how, how do you see the rotation shaking out? Because this is one thing I like about Frank Vogel. And I actually like the Lakers. You mentioned, like, the Lakers roster. It was lacking somebody coming in off the bench without LeBron on the floor who could create and, and be able to, like you said, like, out of nowhere, score 12 points in, in five minutes and, and kind of keep the team in it when, when the stars are on the bench. But, like, the Lakers, they don't really have to have a set. Oh, these are our top five. I mean, we know who the starters are but you don't have to have their next five or next four. You know what I mean? It's almost like Vogel is going to change it up game to game. Or is there anybody else that you see sticking out that is going to get a little bit of run during the restart? Yeah, like I think, um, you know, I think Morris is somebody that is like, uh, you mentioned him, but I think he's probably the biggest candidate for that just because like we've seen they can go, they can go small with him at the five. He can play the four uh, like in backup lineups a little bit better than Kuzma can just he's a little bit more rugged and physical. And again, this is all like, 
you know, we haven't seen him since the hiatus yet. So who knows what he's going to look like. We've seen a couple guys look good and we've seen a couple guys look a little rougher and they need to play themselves into shape. We haven't seen him since he came into the bubble because, you know, he had the quarantine. He barely was cleared in time for the Lakers first game. They decided to hold him out yesterday. Uh, And it sounds like he will play on Monday. So today when you're listening to this and remember it's 12 o'clock start. So like if you're listening to this in the morning, get ready for Lakers basketball. It's coming up soon. Um, But I think Morris is a guy because of like his versatility is a good, Good, like potential guy to throw in there I think Jared Dudley was a guy that I was hopeful would have some utility but I think he's going to be more of a break glass in case of emergency type of guy like in, in like at this point because he's just looked a little rough during these scrimmages yeah. um, and like I, I think like you know when he gets back we'll see if Rondo gets thrown back into that mix but I think he's definitely a guy that they're at least going to give a chance to unless like Dion Waiters just continues like playing exactly like this for the rest of the time leading up to the playoffs, then, you know, that may get a little bit more interesting, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think Frank said that he wants to go 10 deep probably in the playoffs. He said that he wants to limit the amount of time that they have anyone on the floor uh, without either of LeBron or Anthony Davis. Although like there probably will be some minutes where that happens, but for the most part, he's planning to stagger them. Um, And so I I think he's probably going to go nine or 10 deep, especially in like a unique restart like this. I think Quinn Cook will continue to get some minutes in certain lineups like the no matter how much you scream at your tv but um like I think that's about it like for the most part like you know I just like Kaycock has looked good in the minutes he's gotten like uh, THT had a couple flashes but looks very much like a 19 year old rookie um so like I don't really see those guys coming in outside of like injury you know apocalypse and yeah. for the most part like I think most of the Lakers like I, I think they can field it with like that rotation yeah, and, and that's where and that's where the I think that's where this team has an advantage. And and by bringing in waiters, and I was looking at it too. And again, this is, goes back to March before the restart. I was like, the Clippers have a deeper team back then. And I think waiters almost by himself, I don't want to say completely shifts it to the Lakers, but I mean it it shifts it to more. So it's like I think now the 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 Lakers have, like you mentioned, somebody who can come in and just go off. And like we talked about, there's gonna be nights he's gonna go 0 for seven. And sometimes he's going to go five for eight. You know what I mean? You don't know. Yeah, what he's there's just, it's another look. It's another yeah. thing that they can do. Like they were very like for all of their, like for all of like as much as success as they have this season. One of the things that concerned me was they really only had like two looks. They had the normal offense with LeBron in, and then they had like trying to kind of make it work around AD. And so they could go, you know, they have their hyper big look and then they have small ball with Anthony Davis. Like they had like a couple different ways that they could go. Um, but now this just gives you another option where, okay, so like, let's say those lineups where you're staggering LeBron and AD and it's just AD minutes. Like now you have waiters who can come in and he's not going to be a guy who like gets AD like good entry passes and stuff like that. Probably like Rondo could, like that was one of the limited ways that Rondo did have utility. Um, but he is a guy who can go create some offense and like help AD get some like looks against a scattered defense, stuff like that. Like get some offensive rebounds, putbacks, things like that for McGee or Dwight Howard um and so like I I just think it it gives you another dynamic that you didn't have before and I think that you know the playoffs where teams are going to make tons of adjustments I think it's important to have like as many different looks as you can throw at them as possible so that you can make adjustments what what do you think is going to happen uh what do you think of the quality of the basketball so far like in terms of what you're seeing and obviously with the guys and it's it's you know they had the long layoff and and some of them you know you're not Again, you've mentioned that too. Some guys we know didn't look like they were putting in a lot of work and effort to to get ready for this. But what do you think of the quality of the games you've seen so far? 
you know, honestly, it's better than I expected. Like, and I think that that was more of a product of having low expectations. Like, just because, like you said, like a lot of guys just did not have as much access or willingness or whatever it was to like go and like find ways to work out. Like, and you know, that's not necessarily their fault. This, these are unprecedented times that we were living in and the training facilities were shut down and there was no way to really play NBA level basketball. But for them, especially the Lakers, like when they have their normal guys in, like their starters or their like, LeBron and AD with like a couple bench guys looks like they've looked really good man and like it's it's like it's better than I expected them to look you know just basketball wise in terms of efficiency and effectiveness all of that stuff like you know I I don't know how you feel but I'm really impressed like when they've played the meaningful lineups you know obviously when they throw out the all bench lineups and stuff like that they probably won't use a lot when the games actually matter like it's been a little rougher but um but when they played the guys that matter and the guys that are going to be in there I thought they've looked really good so I'm with you. I mean, even LeBron, you know, he didn't have a great shooting shooting game against the Orlando, but the way he looks and how he's playing, AD had what, like almost had a double double in nine minutes before he got raked across. Yeah, the like that was insane. Yeah, like yeah. I, I saw, I saw somebody like that. He, they're like, oh, and AD has his tenth rebound. I like looked at the clock. I'm like, it's the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was putting up. I mean, he looks like he's he's great too. And 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 I'm with you on that too. I think that when the right lineups, and of course, when you're seeing, and no disrespect to those guys, like you're seeing uh, THT, obviously a young young guy out there, the quality is going to drop. But yeah, I'm hey, Kobe you. had to have his playoff air balls too so yeah. like THT you know like that that's that's on the table for him down the is that the, is that the level we're putting THT at already at the at the Kobe level <laughs> no I'm just I'm just saying I'm both, yeah, both yeah. guys had air balls in like a weird like like you know at some point in like June and July so yeah. you know like that that's all I'm saying it's just an interesting connection I'm inter- I, I really am interested to see what THT develops into. Obviously, you don't. If you look at a second round pick. It's like how how often you you know you might hit a home run with with guys like Draymond Green and, and and whatever. But I mean, the way he looked in South Bay and some of the highlights I was seeing of, of his with the, in the G League, I'm like, this kid has a potential to be a beast. Yeah, he just he has these moments where you're like, oh, that's why he was like considered a potential lottery pick if he had stayed in college one more year. Like, you know, he's just so raw. He's the youngest rookie in the NBA. He only just turned 19. Like, and his like he he, ha- he clearly has skill. He just, he looks a little lost at times, but his like, he has natural skill and like, he's so young and like his physical dimensions are so freakish. Like if you look at him, like out on the court, like his arms are like almost down to his knees. Like he just uh, has yeah. like this insane wingspan. And like, you got to think there's like something in there. If the Lakers continue to lock him in the gym with the player development guys and like he works his ass off and like, by all accounts, like, like if you just, all you have to do is look at the photos of him on media day and look at the photos of him now and how much like he's worked to get his body in the NBA level conditioning. And he's still not a hundred percent there yet. But he's like he's a whole hell of a lot closer than he was then, and like this is clearly a guy that like is on some level a gym rat and is at least willing to make adjustments and work. And like I'm curious that like to see him get some minutes. It sounds like there's a chance like either LeBron, like neither LeBron or AD play in the scrimmage, in which case we'll probably get like an extended look at THT. And you know, like again, he's raw, but I, I think there's something there, and I doubt he's going to contribute much in the playoffs, but. Um, like he's a guy that whose development I'm excited to kind of get a look at in these like weird circumstances. Yeah, he's so his arms are so long he can stand up straight and scratch his kneecaps, right? But he, uh, yeah, it's interesting yeah. to see him. Uh, and I, I think you know what? I think for a player like him, just having the opportunity to spend um, the Lakers are going to go deep in the playoffs. We know that. So you're spending a couple of months with LeBron, with Anthony yeah. Davis, and getting to getting That's to you know, practice with these guys and and seeing what their habits are like. And I think that'll rub off on him because. 
You're right. I mean, again, I'm not trying to hype up a second round pick like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud or whatever. He's got to put a lot of work in. But like you mentioned, it looks like he definitely has. And if, you, if you're around greatness like that, chances are you're going to start, you know, it'll rub off on you if you have the right attitude. So that's why I'm interested to see what he develops into. No, that's a really good point. I actually had not thought about that specific aspect of it. But yeah, like being being a clutch guy and like being a Chicago guy that like AD has talked about wanting to take under his wing, like Dion Waiters has talked about like, and I know Lakers fans were all like, they were all worried. Like, you know, when I tweeted this before the scrimmages actually started that Dion Waiters had taken him under his wing a little bit. Um, but like, you know, Kuz is someone who like says like, he's talking to him about the struggles of being a young team on a, a young guy on it, like a team with expectations. Like who does that sound like has dealt with that situation? Um, and like can offer some pointers on maybe how to deal with it or how to stay in the gym and work. And like, like, yeah, just being around LeBron, who's like a guy who's at his agency, we know how close all of the clutch guys are like, and just for an extended period of time, like being around all of these guys, seeing the work that goes in to like being a champion on a championship contender and playing a role. Like, you know, you have to think that that is a chance to do some good things for his development. And and I'm with you. I don't want to overhype him as much as we make the jokes on Twitter and stuff, but like, so it comes from, it's like the Alex Caruso so hyperbole of a couple years ago like it comes from a place of seeing that this kid has something we don't know what it's going to be but I think there's something there and I think the same thing about Kaycock on like a different level like I think Mm -hmm. that he is a guy that um you know like could work himself into playing some type of role like he rebounds his ass off he's switchable defensively like there's clearly something there in the right kind of role and fit yeah, and if you can get those guys to develop into being – and, again, it's a win. If you get a guy who can develop into an eighth or ninth guy on, a, on, the, on an NBA team and in a rotation, considering where they're at. And, and it's funny because even when, uh, when I had Kaycock on the, on the podcast, I, same thing with him. is His attitude, you can tell, like just asking him questions and what he's trying to do. And he has the right mindset. Again, we don't know what that I – mean, you can have the right mindset if you don't have the skill or the talent. It doesn't make a damn difference, right? But I think with, with them – uh, with those two young guys, there is something there. And, it's, and that's where I'm, I, I want to see what they develop into, not just now, but, you know, a year or two down the road. Uh, let's wrap up on this. I want, I want to get into this. Too. Now that we get a feel of what the games are going to look like and how the atmosphere kind of is there in Orlando in terms of being in, inside the gym, do you think this cheapens up winning a title at all? If it, or is this like a – because I'm, I'm of the mindset that I almost think this is harder to win a championship like this. You know, like – Yeah, I'm with you in terms of thinking that, like, you know, from what we've seen right now, it looks like it's going to be harder than a normal year. I mean, my thing with the asterisk talk is, like, people are going to put an asterisk. They they try to put an asterisk on every single title. Like, it's like, we do this thing. It's insanity. We do it every year on Twitter where, you know, like, the Raptors title has an asterisk from last year. It's like, okay, like, the Warriors title has an asterisk because Kevin Love was – it's like almost every single year without fail. (laughs) People are like – it's like they forgot that every single year, of course, like, there's adverse circumstances and things that we don't expect it. Like, nobody goes in with, like, the NBA 2K injuries turned off. Like, this stuff happens every year. People try to put an asterisk on the Warriors' first title, on their second title, on the Cavs' title. Like, because of the Draymond Green suspension. Like, we do this every year, man, and it's just, like, exhausting. I don't know why, like, we. Ha- I understand that this is weirder than most seasons, but it's like, why do we have to do this every year? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I understand why the content factories and stuff like that have to do it, but it's just, I don't know, it's the lamest discussion in sports to me. Like, 
you know, I, I just don't understand why we do this to ourselves every year and like have to argue about this every single year where we minimize this like uh, accomplishment. Like I get everybody wants to get their jokes off and everybody wants to like, you know, kind of go after a t player, a team that is not their favorite team and like put like make it seem like their team should have won. Like it's the tribal nature of sports. It's just it's the lamest discussion in the world to me. And with, with that said, I will absolutely claim asterisk if LeBron or AD gets injured. <laughs> of course, right? That's, that's what you're going to have to do it. That's what's the best about being a sports fan. We're all hypocrites, right? So that's the good yeah. Um, I'm with you. I mean, it, it's funny to hear people. I, I, I'm a, I, right now at this point, like, I think going through the pandemic, and I will, I'll admit, I was okay for the first six, seven weeks. I was fine. I'm like, whatever, man. I'm just going to adjust and deal with this. And, and make Yeah, we're bloggers. Like, we're built for this. Yeah, we're like, whatever, man. We'll do it. I went, then I went through about a two, three-week phase where I was like, what am I doing? I should just go back to Canada, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, I, you know, I got myself out of the funk. I said, enough, you know what I mean? Stick to your routine. You're working. You're lucky enough. And we, we talked about this. We're so blessed and lucky enough that we have a full-time job considering what's going on around the country. And, and then now I'm at a point where I'm like, anybody who's complaining about this right now, just shut the hell up. I'm just happy to have sports back. I want to watch the games. And I look at it from a guy who grew up playing basketball. It's like, they still got to go out there and win games. It doesn't matter if there's people in the stands watching them or not. They're there to play basketball, and whoever wins 16 games in the playoffs is going gonna, is gonna to become the champion. So it doesn't cheapen it up to me at all. Yeah, the, the, people, the people that I have no empathy for are the ones, like, complaining that they can't, like, go to the beach without, like, masks or, like, go yeah. into stores without masks or whatever. Like, the people that I do have empathy for are, like, obviously the people whose livelihoods have been affected by this. And, like, they can't work. It's harder for them to support their family. They're, like, having to rely on government assistance. And all. Like, those people I genuinely feel for. And, like, you know, if you are someone who is going through that, like, I am sorry. Like, it's the people who are just, like, anti-mask as like or like this is a hoax or like whatever it's like you know i i have no sympathy for that no i'm, I'm with you man I'm, I'm i'm honestly tired of it i actually and I'll, I'll tell a quick story here before we wrap up i was on the in my building i'm in the elevator and i go down one floor and it's me and another lady and this guy gets on the elevator and i push the open door button i go yo go put your effing mask on and he's like what and i'm like you see the sign the sign says no face coverings required in the elevator and i'm like because i'm like i'm tired of this stuff you know what i mean good like, on you man no like, i'm that, sick of it man good on I, you. yeah and i'm like and he's like oh i'm just going to the third floor i go i don't care i go put a mask on and i looked at the woman i didn't even know who the woman was next to me she's obviously a tenant here and i looked at her and i go you know if people just listen to this stuff for a month we probably would have a, be in a lot better situation than what we're dealing with now and i'm with you i'm like i don't have sympathy for any of you people who complain it's that what's that dude's name Chuck Woolery or whatever, the, the guy who was saying that it's a hoax and that he was the old host of, what was it called? Love Connection, I think it was called. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I, think so, I, I think I just completely ignored this. Okay, this happened a couple of weeks ago. And so he tweeted out, oh, this is all a hoax. We have to open up our country, blah, 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 and support a Trump. And I'm not going to turn this into a political thing. And two days later, he's like, oh, everybody, please take this very seriously. My, my son has contracted the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, that's it. the problem. It's, it's like, come like, on, all, man. It's, right? like all, it's like all these ghouls that like are just like, like trying to basically like just get back to normal so that they can make a profit. Like that's the people that like yeah. with no safety restrictions and all that like minimal, all, all that stuff. Like the people who can clearly like they're fine right now who are complaining about this. Like that, that's just who I like. We're all going through it. You know, like, yeah. like this is just something we all collectively have to deal with. And like, if you look at all these other countries that have come up with a coherent response to it and gotten it under control, it's like, clearly like, this is, uh, this is a uniquely American thing where people are so like, you know, just 
like they have this expectation that they that everything is a personal choice and that that's just not true you know like and yeah i mean like i again i don't i don't want to like rant here and say you know whatever and come off holier than thou but it's just like it, it just wear a mask and just like just do the basic stuff you know like if it inconveniences you a little bit i'm sorry like we're all going through it right now you know like we just have to try and work together on this and like yeah it, it's like if we can tamp this down then everybody can kind of go back to work and the people who are actually struggling and who actually need to get back to work like they can go and do that if we just all work together on this and uh, like it's just it's just been like dispiriting and like all, all that stuff just to see like how many people are still like oh just open up Disneyland or like oh like you know my personal rights are being like infringed upon because I can't not wear a mask to Gelson's it's like shut up like, <laughs> yeah come on I anyway I, I don't want to again like I, I don't want to go overboard on this but yeah it's oh just, it's, it's it's amazing to see how many people came up with breathing problems or they had breathing issues now when they were they're required to wear a mask and it's so stupid to me and, then, and that makes it harder on the people that actually have breathing issues exactly, like that's yeah. the other thing like it's just yeah well and i think that's the difference and again i'm not, i'm not, i'm with you i'm not trying to be holier than thou or anything when i say that it's like yeah there's a di different approach and, and like i said i'm from vancouver canada and the virus there was pretty much well stomped out because collectively people were caring about the fact that okay listen we're not gonna even when they started opening things up everybody i know from back home is like no we're gonna take it slow take it easy like you know give it a couple more weeks and, and let things and they don't even have to wear master because they're not getting that many they're not getting that many cases a day whereas here and of course population has a, has a huge thing to do with it but even a per, per capita rate it's like here I, I noticed that as soon as they opened up i went to santa monica i go to have dinner and i'm like people are on ocean avenue nobody's social distancing nobody's wearing a mask you go inside the restaurant people are waiting in the in the area nobody and i'm like this is why we just can't get back to normal and i think the sooner those people who are fighting this realize that the more careful we are now into the short term then it's going to be better for us in the long term. Never mind what you want to do on a Saturday in terms of getting your hair done and going to Disneyland and all this kind of stuff. If you actually just would have stuck with it for another month, things probably would have been a whole lot better now. Okay, now yeah, that I mean, like I, I say, I say this to someone like you know, like my wedding has basically been like it's not called off, but like, uh, like we can't, we basically can't have anyone there, and like yeah. that's just the reality of it. Like because of all this, and because like nobody wanted to take this serious. Like that's the thing that bothers me about the people, like you know, like you have your Clay Travises and whatever that are just like minimizing it at every turn. It's like you can go back through and like their archive of like you just go back through their Twitter timeline, and it's just like you know, go back to when this was first happening. Like oh, it's not going to be a big deal. It's going to blow over everybody it's just fear mm -hmm. porn it's just whatever and then like it just like it, it, you just you look the next week it's like okay well like you know there's been this many deaths but honestly it's not that big of a deal because of this and it's just i don't know it's just so bad faith to me and you know to bring it all like full circle like you know yes there will be an, like there will be an asterisk like if uh like the lakers end up winning the championship because lou williams had to leave the magic kingdom to go to magic city like <laughs> but um you know like it'll be because like the lakers weren't able to pick on him in the pick and roll and that kind of makes it harder for them so yeah no I'm, i you know it's it's you're you're 100 right in what you're saying and i think that where we're where we're at as a society now going into the nba restart i'm like look the more that we like you mentioned you're not wearing a mask to protect yourself you're wearing it to protect the other people around you and i think that's the hardest part that people can get their mind on it but let's okay now we're both getting frustrated talking about this stuff so let's wrap yeah. up on, on a good note uh eight games for the lakers they pretty much will have the number one seed locked up in the Western Conference. I don't think that's going anywhere. Uh, what's your prediction for how they're going to do over the eight games? You know, like, this might end up sounding dumb if the Lakers just don't take it seriously or they basically lock up the one seed and just, like, try to kind of play all their guys and, like, not, you know. And Frank Vogel has even said, like, tried to downplay expectations. and like, oh, like, we're just treating all of this as part of the ramp-up process. 
the way that this team has approached everything this year and how competitive they've been game to game, they really haven't had games where they've just laid over or like given up due to circumstances. There's been a couple, like, you know, there's the Boston loss, like on the road trip. And like, there's been a couple here and there where they've succumbed to circumstances, whatever. Like, I would not be surprised if this team is going into this and trying to really make a statement and go eight and zero. You know what I mean? Like, I I really think that, like, given the way that they've approached everything, the players themselves Mm -hmm. and the competitive mindset and, like, everything that LeBron and AD have tried to foster this year, like, I really would not be surprised. And, again, I haven't heard this, whatever, but, like, I would not be surprised if they're going in to this with the mentality of let's win all eight of these games and really look as scary as we can going into the playoffs. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on because I, I was actually going to say the off, but now you're going to, now this is the other thing we're going to disagree. I was going to say, like, maybe they're going to go four and four, five and three. I no, you might them, be right. Yeah. And I could see, no, I could just see them shutting. I, I, I think I, I agree with you 100% being around the team and, and, and covering games and going to practice. There was a different, this is a different mindset on this team than it was last year. I mean, completely. Yeah. Obviously, you had Anthony Davis and, it's just like, we're going to win. We're going to kick ass and we're going to, we're taking names. No, they're just, they're having fun and they are locked in as hell. And yeah. so like, I would not be surprised if they went eight and no, I would also not be surprised if they, you know, LeBron and AD took a couple games off and they went four and they went four and four. Like you said, like, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I would not be surprised if, well, I'm just saying I would not be surprised if they went eight and no and really tried to do that. But the good news is, Harrison, as of Thursday, NBA basketball is officially back. So we got something to do, something to write about. We can talk about now. We're not coming up with, hey, who's your second favorite Laker of all time? No more having to write and blog yeah, about and weird with, things. Yeah, with the Lou Williams story, NBA Twitter is officially back. So we're yeah. just like, we have all of these things back. Like, <laughs> so we can all stay inside safely and just like enjoy this stuff and whatever. So like, you know, like we have some level of entertainment back. And, you know, I think the NBA's plan is morally gray at best, you know, yeah. Like, uh, like with all the tests that they're taking during like a time in Florida when it's pretty tough out there, but like all, all corporations that can do stuff like that are doing it right now. And so I don't really, I think they're, they're trying to go back to work and like, it is what it is to me. Um, like this is that, that's just the world we live in where people with privilege can get better access to care and stuff like that's just, that's the world that we have chosen as a society to live in. And so like, you know, like. I'm not going to fault the NBA for that or whatever. I'm just glad that like, you know, as some, and again, I'm personally biased because this is my industry and I'm personally affected by it. Like it, it, but as even as someone who's just like a sports fan and a basketball fan, especially like, it's just nice to have games back. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just looking forward to being able to go on my laptop, read Twitter, watch games, yell at the TV a little bit and and have a good time. So I'm looking forward to that getting started and it's all going to happen as a Thursday. Yep. All right, man, that wraps up uh, this episode. Obviously, Harrison Fagan, he is the man behind the magic at silverscreenandroll.com. Christian, Sabrina, uh, the whole crew there always has you covered with analysis, stats, opinions, you name it. Check out silverscreenandroll.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there. Again, Laker fans, we're all getting back to it on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you uh, next Sunday.